Hello and welcome to Money Purpose Live. Money Purpose is a series of interviews with over 20 experts that have mastered tools and strategies which led them to their financial success. What wealth creators, fire experts, money coaches have done differently to have the right money mindset and create more money during COVID-19. In this series, you will gain the most relevant insights and strategies to help you pivot or thrive through current challenging times. The Money Purpose series was created by Blossom Media Studio to empower you to take control of your finances. Now let's get right into it. Today, our guest is Robert Leonard. Robert Leonard is a host of Millennial Investing Podcast by the Investors Podcast Network. He talks with successful entrepreneurs, business leaders, and investors to help educate and inspire the millennial generation to improve their financial literacy and make better investment decisions in both their time and money. Let's welcome Robert to today's episode and let's get right into it. Hi, welcome back to Money Purpose Series. I'm so glad that you are here today and I'm super excited for you to hear this interview. Today we have Robert Leonard with us and he is the founder, co-creator of the Investor Podcast Network. He runs three podcasts. Uh, He's the host of the real estate investing, the millennial investing, and also he plays the role of the growth and innovation VP for the podcast, um, the Investor Podcast Network. And how I found out about Robert is actually through doing research on my own series of money purpose and really looking into the ways of how people really reach FIRE, which stands for financial independence and retire early. And how do we as millennials invest? How do other people invest and what we can learn from it? And I stumble upon podcasts um, where Robert actually was uh, interviewing Jeremy Schneider and I've been following Jeremy for a while now and we have recorded a podcast as well. so that was super cool and I started just binging on uh, millennial investing because that's one of the subject that I feel that I'm not quite understanding a lot yet and Robert um, brought a lot of knowledge and wisdom through interviewing other people and I'm super excited just to have him on here today and dive in the ways that we can feel um, help others to build financial independence. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I love your podcast. Even though you guys started, uh, is it like May last year, last year? So the anniversary of my first show is in three days. It'll turn one in three days. That's exciting. Yeah. So it's one year, right? Yeah. One year. Yep. But you have grown in such a big community and your podcast is giving a lot of, um, value and even for me as a person who start following the journey of people who are looking into like investing and things like that people always refer to the podcast that you have the people that even you know i think they really use it as a tool where they learn more about it so let's walk a little bit back to your background right like how did you start this journey and and I like to tell this story when I get asked about my background because I think it's a little interesting. It's a little bit unique compared to a lot of the people in the finance space or investing space, just yeah. the money space in general. Yeah. And so for me, I actually started racing motocross when I was just four years old. Oh, wow. And I raced motocross for about 
12 years or 10 to 12 years or so I stopped when I was about 14, 15, somewhere in there. And that was going to be my career. I was on track to go professional. And I really, you know, I was good at school growing up. I enjoyed it, but I never really planned on going to college. No one in my family's ever gone to college. My family's all blue collar workers. So I just always thought I was going to become a professional motocross racer. So I didn't really have anything planned. And then my freshman year of high school, I stopped racing. And so I kind of had to figure out like what was going on. This was eighth grade slash ninth grade timeframe. So I had to figure out what I was going to do. And I just happened to stumble across a day trading ad on Facebook. Oh, wow. I said, well, this guy promises that he can get me rich. And by next week, I mean, yeah, sign me up. You know, I'm interested. <laughs> Are we and all so want that? <laughs> we all want that, right? And, you know, especially being a millennial, it's, you know, instant gratification that we all want. So long story short, I started studying what he was telling me and something just kind of didn't feel right to me. I said, this, there's no way that this could be as, as true as it is. And so I started to do a little bit more research and stumbled into Warren Buffett and what value investing is, what real investing is. And it just really piqued my interest really. Mm -hmm. And so then I ended up going on studying it. I've studied it for about 10 to 12 years now. And it's just became a huge passion of mine. I ended up going to college, studying it. And, oh, wow. You know, continuing. I'm first, like I said, first one in my family to ever go to college, got my, my bachelor's, master's in accounting license. And I work in the finance field now. So it just became a big passion of mine. And I love helping others learn all the things that I've learned over the years. Yeah. So then what are you saying is your, you know, regular job um, by like doing a daytime is similar to what your passion for the podcasting is as well. So you talk about finances. Yeah, there are different types of finances. I work and I do corporate finance. Mm. And then when we talk about finance on the podcast and on Instagram and in our community, it's more about personal finance gotcha. and investing, which we don't really do. A, I don't do a ton of at, at work, but it's all money. It's all numbers and finance. So I like that aspect. of it. Speaking of, you know, finances and just being so financially literate and not only stopping at the certain point, you still dig deeper and continuously growing your network of investors and people that are really interested in it. From your perspective, how is that affected? you know, the community that are investors doing pandemic and it feels like during a pandemic, there's a rush of like, okay, well, we need to invest or we need to do something. But I feel like it's a very irrational jump, but maybe you can share your opinion on it. I guess for me, the biggest thing that's been highlighted is the personal finance aspect of investing. So a lot of people talk about personal finance. There's a lot of people that talk about investing but I don't find a lot of people talking about why personal finance is important to investing. Right. And so that's kind of what I've been focusing on a lot during this pandemic and just during this time in general is trying to help people understand why you need to have a strong personal finance base in order to be a successful investor. Mm -hmm. And so to dive a little bit deeper into that is because if you had invested prior to the pandemic and then everything crashed and the beginning of March or so, the stock market, depending on what you followed, which index, or if you followed individual companies, some things were off 30, 40, up to 80%. Yeah. So if you had your hard earned money in there and you needed that money for rent or you needed to, that money for something else because you lost your job, then you have to pull that money out when the market tanked. And that's the exact opposite of what you want to do. You don't want to pull your money out when everything is fallen. Mm. Now let's reverse that and assume that you have a strong financial position. You have a strong personal finance base. Right. If that's the case, then you have an emergency fund set up so that if you do lose your job, 
you have three to six to 12 months of emergency fund reserves set aside. So you don't have to die, touch your investment money. Now you could just let that sit there mm -hmm. because now if you look forward to today, you know, four or five, six months later, things are back up 30, 40, yeah. 50% from the beginning of the year. So by having a personal finance base, a strong one, it allows you to stay invested, make rational decisions based on data and not just make emotional decisions that you wouldn't otherwise make if you had a strong base. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the really good way to put it. And really what my intake on just my research and by talking with a lot of millennials who have been investing and figuring out their personal finances is that once you have a strong base and you were able to figure out, you know, your main needs and things like that, you can start looking into investing and you want to do it consistently. Is that something yeah, that you would agree with? Yeah, absolutely. And and also what I like about it is if you have the strong personal finance base, it also allows you to invest aggressively. And mm. so I, I like to explain it as the stronger your personal finances are, the more aggressive or risk taking that you can be with your investments. Interesting. And generally the more aggressive or risky you are can lead to higher returns. Of course, it's not guaranteed, but as millennials, we have a long time horizon before we really need that money. So if we can be a little bit more aggressive, if we can have a little bit, take on a little bit more risk, mm. that's generally going to be good for us in the long term. And so if you have a strong base of your personal finances, you can be more risky. You can take on riskier positions when you're investing. And so I think that's a huge component that not a lot of people talk about. As being a millennial right now, what would be the one advice that you can give maybe for the next generation just that just graduated and they're trying to either figure out what do I do with my you know, degree now, because it's really hard to find a job, it's possible. And I've known people that, you know, get hired right after college, and we have interviewed some of them as well, still like figuring out how you can be stable and get that finance, personal finance base. What would your opinion be on like what they should be doing? I think the, the biggest thing is to stay out of consumer debt and build your uh, emergency fund. I think those are the two biggest things. I think too often we try and live above our means and we try to keep up with the Joneses and try to, you know, you see your friend buy something else and, you know, the newest iPhone or a new car or whatever it may be. And you want that too, but you, you know, you got to take most of the time you have to take on debt to, to acquire those, those mm -hmm. things. And that's going to put you in a hard spot because now if you lose your job, you have to pay those debt payments and that's just adding on more monthly payments that you have to pay. Whereas if you don't have that debt, then you have less risk if you lose your job. You have left less monthly bills. So I guess the two biggest things I'd say are try to not take on any consumer debt. There are some things that you just can't avoid. You know, some people have student loans. I have student loans. People might have a mortgage. I have a mortgage. So there is debt that you can take on, but try to avoid it as much as possible mm -hmm. and then just build an emergency fund three, six, 12 months and put that aside. Forget about it. Pretend like you don't even have it and then go from there. Because you working with the corporate, but you still do some side hustle on the side by doing podcasting. And I know that you're well-versed and you're doing more investing as well, right? But for someone who's trying to get into it and what can they do to start even accumulating some emergency fund from your perspective and from what you see and maybe experience as well? If I was graduating, graduating college right now and I could not find a job, I would be doing every single freelance type thing I could do. I mm. would be signing up for Uber, Lyft, TaskRabbit, DoorDash, you know, all Uber Eats, all of these different things that you can do and you can start earning money. Is that ideal? 
Absolutely not. Is it something you want to do long-term? Probably not. But is it something that could help you get through this pandemic? It, it is. And that's where I would start. And, and then spend your time. If you, if you have an interest in a side hustle, not everybody does, but if yeah. you do, now is a good time to start working on it. You're going to need to do things that make, make money. So work on those freelance type things. That said, you could sign up on like Upwork or Fiverr to become a freelancer. And yeah. maybe it's related to your side hustle. Maybe that's how you start your side hustle do something like that. Yeah. So there's so many opportunities back when I graduated college, which wasn't that long ago, but these things still weren't around. Uber and Lyft were around, but the other things were not. Mm. So I would do these types of things to start earning money until you're able to find a job. And then also use the spare time that you have now to build your side hustle. Money Purpose Series is really to show people that there are opportunities, there are you know ways of how you can accu- accumulate money, have that base, personal um, base and then eventually invest money. So let's go towards investing. There's a huge hype going on right now with millennials and Robin Hood. Also, what is your take on it? And would be maybe the knowledge that you have accumulated through podcasting to give people more better direction of, because we all know Tesla went up really crazy. All their, you know, S&P 500 went up high as well. So it feels like we should be jumping in and it's a huge hype with Robin Hood and just like do a short-term trade trading. What is your intake on that? So I love it and I hate it at the same time. <laughs> and so I love that young people are starting to get involved in investing. That's great. We need more people to be doing that. That's my goal with the podcast. That's my goal with my whole community, Instagram, everything is to help people get more involved with investing, get more educated on it and get started. So mm-hmm. I love that. And, and anything that helps people do that, I like. Now, the side that I hate is why they're doing it and kind of how they're going about it. And I'm also scared for what could potentially happen. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because say you have a 22-year-old, a 20 to 25-year-old who's just starting to invest now because they've seen things go up for the last 10 years. They say, it's you know, I have a little bit of money. It's my turn to invest. So they start to invest and then they lose that money. Yeah. Now, that's going to put a psychological dampening on how they view investing. And so there's been research studies and I'm not going to quote them perfectly, but if you go back and look at 2007, 2008, and you look at college graduates that started to invest in that time frame, they're still hesitant to invest today. Mm. And so if somebody gets started investing in this environment, maybe they make a little bit of money and then they end up losing it all because the market turns against them because the hype, you know, fl- fades out or whatever the situation mm-hmm. may be. And now they're, they don't like the stock market. They think it's gambling. They say, you know, I shouldn't have done this in the first place. And now they don't start investing for the next 10 years. Mm. That's going to really hurt people. And I, I just don't want to see that happen. I want people to start investing appropriately. Don't day trade, don't short-term trade, invest with good principles, invest for the long-term and you'll do well. So I, I hope people can get to that point. But what scares me the most is I just don't want people to be turned off to the market if, if things go sideways or, or down. People often, or I see some millennials and including myself, I've been on that side where somebody will tell me well this stock is doing amazing and then you go and you rush to put up like you know as much as saving from saving money out to buy that stock and then it end up being not that well and then you just looking into investing like well it didn't do well for me so i'm not good at that so i'm not going to do that or millennial have a good conversation about stock and go and buy something and regret later (laughs) Yeah. So it actually, I see it goes, it goes the opposite way too. And so what you just explained is a lot more common and that's how people think about it more frequently. But let's think about the flip side of the coin. 
there are millennials that bought Tesla and they've done extremely well. Now the problem that they could be facing is now they think they're a super investor. They think they're some mm. very talented investor that, you know, is way more skilled than they are. Tesla is trading on hype. If you study investing, you understand that there's a huge disconnect between Tesla's valuation and the underlying fundamentals of the business, which just means how much the business is actually worth and things can trade on hype. And that doesn't necessarily mean you were right or that you're a good investor. It just means that in the short term, the market has gone up. That's it. There's, right. you know, there's nothing more to it. You have to really check back in 10 years, 15 years to see where Tesla's at to say whether it was a good investment. And so the problem with that is a lot of new investors are going to start to think that they're the next Warren Buffett mm. and they're going to start making more decisions and then it's going to come back and bite them because they aren't as good as they thought they were and it's going to hurt them. So you do hear people talk about how failing positions hurt people a lot, but I think there's a lot to be mm. taught from winning positions as well. So tell us more about real estate investing yeah, and is that for millennials as well or is that more something that you do in older, you know, as you get older or what is that all about and what is really goal of that? Cause yeah, so the real estate show is not targeted towards specifically millennials. It is definitely applicable to millennials mm -hmm. and a lot of millennials do listen to it, but it's not specifically for the millennial generation. So the millennial investing podcast is specifically tailored towards people that are roughly 18 to 38 years old that are interested in personal finance and stock investing. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about personal finance and stock investing from the millennial generation perspective. Now on the real estate show, it's open to anybody and it's mostly focused on helping new investors. So you don't have to necessarily be young. You could be 50 and still be a new investor and mm -hmm. still learn from the show. So it's just more tailored towards your newer investors. Gotcha. And so the reason I started that show is because for about eight to 10 years or so, I was strictly stock investing. I never thought I could be a real estate investor. I always thought it was just for the wealthy. And then I stumbled into accidentally becoming a real estate investor. And I realized that I could do it. And so I started to study it a little bit more. I got really, really interested in it. And I was just really amazed by the opportunities in real estate investing. And so I ended up launching the podcast and, you know, having a great time doing it. Getting in the stocks now seems more easier because it can be an app on your phone and you can just click a couple buttons and kind of make it, you know, transaction. But then real estate does seem like something for like, well, wealthy people or people that have connection or they know more or they know real estate friends who can help them. So it's very um, interesting. Yeah. So coming back to pandemic and what is going on right now, but it is a time for you to actually, you know, build a skill, learn something, do some side hustle, build some emergency fund. But what would you, I would say, like summarize it or put it in maybe two practical steps to do. The biggest thing is to just make sure you use this time to better yourself and don't use it. Don't just let the time be wasted. You you probably have a lot more free time now because you're not going out, you know, millennials, maybe you're not going out to the bars. Maybe you're not going out to sporting events. Maybe you're not going out doing, you know, whatever millennials do. Maybe you're not going out and doing that stuff as much. You have a little bit more time at home. Better yourself, work on things that make things in your life better. Maybe that's hanging out with friends and family, you know, safely, of course, more. You know, maybe you have some time that you can spend one-on-one -on -one with some of your friends and actually build those relationships. That's an important piece of, you know, just overall success in life is having good relationships. So if that means going out with your, you know, going and spending time with your grandmother or your, your dad or your mom or, you know, whoever it is, your best friend, and actually, you know, having a little bit more connection with them, 
that counts. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be starting a, a side hustle or a business. So do something during this time and make it productive and don't waste this time that you have available to you. Read books. Maybe I'm really big into fitness. I think fitness is a huge component of just living an overall healthy, mm -hmm. successful life, even being a good investor. So maybe start working out and it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but go for walks, you know, become a little bit healthier of a person, learn a new skill, all of these types of things. Just be productive with the time, whatever you, whatever it is you want to do, be productive with it and don't let the time pass. You are very uh, focused minded and you pick something that you're interested in and you dive all the way in and you make sure that you study people around and you don't step your education, which I really commend you for that. And really grateful that you were able to come here and share with us. So before we go, what is next for you? Yeah. So the, the best two places to find me are through the podcast and through Instagram. So the podcast, like I said, are called Millennial Investing. We talk about personal finance and stock investing. And then on the real estate show, it's just called Real Estate Investing. You can find both of the shows in your favorite podcast player. We're on all of them, or you can just go to theinvestorspodcast.com. All of our shows are there. Find that there. Instagram is at the Robert Leonard. And my username is just at the Robert Leonard. I'm very active on Instagram. One of my goals is to make social media an educational resource yes. rather than a waste of time. For me, before I got into the podcast, I didn't have any social media because I felt it was a waste of time. And so I said, if I'm going to start doing social media because of the podcast, I'm going to make sure I'm not wasting other people's time. And so I try to provide as much value as I can. All of the stuff on Instagram, Facebook is free. Just try to teach people as much as I can about the topics that we talk about on the podcast. So those are the best places to connect with me. Love it. Love it. And um, this is really out of curiosity for myself. You're very driven and focused minded. What would you attribute that to? I actually get asked that a lot. And unfortunately, I don't have a good answer. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. It's just kind of, it's been innate in me ever mm. since I can remember. Ever since I was a little kid, it's just kind of been how I how I have been, I guess. I don't know. It's just who I am. I don't know. I've always well, just been Well, I would say, I would ex extend that question to more to something that you probably can answer. Like, do you have a discipline or the morning routine that you're constantly doing that keep you clear throughout the day or help you to, you know, get out through the day? So I do have a, I don't have a morning routine per se, but I've created a journal and it's, I call it the daily time log and that keeps me on track nowadays. But, you know, even growing up, I've always been super hardworking way before I even had the journal. I just started the journal about a year and a half ago mm. and I do that every single day now. But even before that, I've just always been super hardworking throughout college and just, I always have been. But the daily time log, I write at the top of it, the date. I write one thing I'm thankful for that day, the time I woke up and how many hours I got of sleep. Cause I like to know how my sleep is impacting mm. how I'm feeling throughout the day. I write, and then it's broken down into, and then I have a, a section that says, what are my big tasks that I need to get done for this week? So I write down five tasks that are big things that I have to get done for the week. And that could be anything. It could be laundry. If laundry is important yeah. to you that week, then so be yeah. it. If, you know, for me, I'm painting one of my bathrooms right now. So that's one of my big tasks for the week. And then below that, there's three sections. And I have all my tasks that I need to do for that day for my corporate job. I have tasks that I need to do for my side hustles slash businesses. And then I have one, a section for things called other that I have to do. So that mm. could be like laundry or, you know, whatever it may be, vacuum the house, anything that I have to do other, other than those two sections for the day. And then below that I have, uh, I, 
require myself to learn for at least 30 to 60 minutes every single day. So I have a section that says, what did you learn today? Mm. I write about what my physical activity was for the day, how I felt, and then I rate my productivity on a scale of one to 10 every day. See, that's great. I knew that there should be a process or something in the place because by just studying people who are highly effective or highly productive, they have the routine down either personalized or it's something that they adapted from others and thank you so much for sharing that i glad that i asked that question <laughs> yeah my pleasure my pleasure yeah uh, well thank you so much for being here today and recording with us and um yeah go and subscribe and binge on the podcast if you are someone that really want to get into investing or learning more about just uh, your personal finances and how you can get it to the place when it's ready to be invested and after binging that, you can go ahead and binge another one um, that talks about real estate, which I'm going to do because we all can do it if um, Leonard has built a community of people and have asked many people have, who have done it before that you can do it as well. So yeah, thank you so much again and go and subscribe and listen to the podcast right now. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me.